with the first pick of the NFL draft, the JJ's select. Hello and welcome to the Drunken Jaguar, an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. We're back. It's me, Bentley. I'm joined via call by Asad Asan. Happy to be back. Uh, we've been gone for a little while since our last episode. It's actually been a while. We're in the offseason here. We have uh, gotten a Jacksonville Jaguar, Tony Baselli, into the Hall of Fame. Doug Peterson has set up shop at the bank. We went through a whirlwind of a free agency, the Jags spending all kinds of cash on acquisitions. Um, the receiving room looks entirely different. The, the, the linebacker core has completely changed. Uh, I think there's a, there's a valid question as to whether or not Trent Balky has done something to have the doubters put some more faith in him, or maybe the fire Balky energy has just subsided for a bit into this like dysthymic level of inaction because we we kind of were realizing he may not be going anywhere in the immediate future but a lot has happened this offseason and I want to ask you I said what what's been happening with you how's work at the radio tell us tell us about what your uh, daily life looks like well, hello, Bentley, and great intro. It's been a while. It's been good, man. Just been at the radio station, have a couple shows a couple times a week, and I have a one night on Thursdays, I do two shows, and one is actually hosted all by myself, and we kind of spotlight athletes in the in Colorado, you know, D1 athletes, all kinds of athletes. Like, tomorrow, I have, like, a professional ultimate Frisbee or a professional Frisbee golfer tomorrow. So all kinds of athletes that are from Colorado and get to spotlight them, just kind of talk about their life and, you know, their sport. So it's been busy. It's been fun. But I still don't think we have an excuse, man. Do we have an excuse for all, all this time we've missed talking about the Jaguars? No, we have no excuse, man. I, I have my PhD. I can put that. I can say the PhD is an excuse, but I, I can attest if, if you've ever done a PhD, I think I think I find more ways to procrastinate on other things other than the dissertation. So I, t- I totally, I totally should have been out there. We totally should have been out there recording more. In any case, I said it is good to be back. Sure is. Okay, so let's, let's actually start off today with a little bit of breaking news. I do want this episode to be relevant even for those listening during or after the draft this weekend. So, you know, take, take our thoughts here as a precursor to what's about to happen, but hopefully we're asking some big questions that that won't be immediately answered in in the draft. I think there's some stuff that's kind of lingering here that that we'll get to, and, and these have been this have been questions for the Jaguars for several seasons in a row. So it's nothing new. And that first one is the the news today of the Jaguars reaching a three year, fifty four million dollar extension with left tackle. Cam Robinson, who we drafted in 2017. He's been ranked, I think, just around like the sort of middle of the pack of tackles uh, in the NFL. He's got like an 86% win rate, which isn't terribly impressive. And uh, I've been hearing things recently that Cam doesn't want to be on the Jaguars. I mean, I've also seen, you know, the, the photos of him and Trevor, who seem to be pretty good buds. You know, I've seen his interviews with 
Ashlyn Sullivan, and there's definitely a camaraderie there. Cam's been here. He's been in the building for several seasons now. Uh, I, I just I, I can't shake the feeling that Doug Peterson must see something in Cam that's that's like still this undeveloped potential that really, based on this deal here, it looks like the Jaguars are kind of putting all their eggs in the basket for Cam at left tackle and might be moving away from the idea that we would draft an uh, offensive lineman at pick number one in the draft. What what does this mean to you, man? Does this does this solidify that we're going with Aiden Hutchinson at number one? I mean, you would definitely think so. I think the question going into this week was, is it going to be Ikwanu from North Carolina State that we're going to draft? But obviously, Cam Robinson coming back means that we are going to go with the pass rusher whether it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson or it's going to be, um, what's his name, uh, Tra- Trayvon Walker from Georgia. I mean, I doubt it's going to be Kayvon Thibodeau, who was pretty much everyone's number one prospect, really all college football season. But it's got to be Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker at this point. I would think pass rusher. I mean, there's no other place we could go. I would have liked to trade down, but I don't think we would get any value out of that. So it's going to be one of those two guys. Am I happy with either of those two guys? I don't know. I think the draft class is not that strong. Of course, my mind might change after seeing them playing the NFL. But yeah, it's going to be a pass rusher. And I don't know if I'm sold on Aiden Hutchinson. So I hope me saying that, I hope the opposite happens. I hope hope he's a really good player because we haven't had great luck with our pass rushers as of recent, I would say. Yeah, and I agree with you completely. It looks like Thibodeau's draft stock has gone down over the past several weeks. And I've heard a lot of debate around this. You know, is this sort of like, fabricated stories about Thibodeau's lack of work ethic, that he doesn't have as high of a ceiling as we we thought he did. Because if you remember back in the day, man, he was he was a regular projection at number one. I mean when 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 the Jaguars basically had confirmed that they would have the the number one pick for the second year in a row, Thibodeau's name was being thrown around quite a lot and almost no one projects him at number one for the Jags. So I've heard some debate about that as to whether or not people are sort of unfairly judging him in this hoopla around draft drama. We don't really have anything to talk about after free agency dealings in March and this sort of month of April here. And Thibodeau was uh, one of the, the people who unfortunately suffered <laughs> as a part of that. Trayvon Walker, you mentioned, and I think that's kind of the opposite of Thibodeau. So Trayvon Walker now is getting all this attention because of talk around his potential, his uh, physical traits. Good combine, yep. Great combine, so that's been an interesting one. I think the same the same way that people I think have overreacted to Thibodeau in a negative sense, Trevon Walker has sort of benefited from a from a positive overreaction, or so it seems. I mean, with Aiden Hutchinson, the the word on the street is that he yeah he's a guaranteed contributor, like probably a great locker room presence. Uh, I can I can see him fitting in and being productive from day one. I also see Josh Allen benefiting immensely because Josh Allen's best times with us have been when he's had other huge uh, defensive end, you know, edge rushing threats alongside him. So I, I can see the argument for Hutchinson being a, a someone who can come in and, and make a change from, from day one. But but we don't know. Exactly. We don't know. And I mean, you tell the story about Trayvon Walker and how, you know, people started liking him at the end of the season and Thibodeau in the beginning. And Aiden Hutchinson was kind of like in the middle of that pack because, you know, Michigan, Michigan football made a great run and Aiden Hutchinson was – really the anchor on that team. And he started 
really playing well during the end of the season and in those big primetime games against Ohio State, against these really big D1 schools. And that's how his name got tossed out there. I just don't know. I Maybe I'm just a hater. Maybe I'm just not a big fan of Hutchinson. Maybe I'm just tired of picking first. I don't know what it is. But I do know the first round, I mean, we're going to get a pass rusher. I'm more concerned about later rounds and what we do to get some depth. I feel like that's where the Jaguars have been better in recent years. And I really, really, I'm looking at a mock draft right now and it has this taking Trey McBride in the second round, who is uh, the Colorado State tight end. And I watched him play quite a bit. He's a very good player, but I want Jahan Dotson, who's a Penn State receiver. I was saying that all last year. I was like, I want this guy because he's he's super explosive, man. He's got a lot of speed. I mean, that's what the Jaguars are missing on missing out on last year. But of course, we got some of that back with Christian Kirk. So I don't know what direction they'll go with go, going forward in the later rounds, but I'm I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah, super. super you mentioned uh, Jahan Dotson. I'm trying to see what other receivers might be available with that first pick of the second round. Um, Christian Watson on North Dakota State. George Pickens, Georgia, maybe, maybe still around, you know, Traylon Burks at Arkansas and probably, I mean, I, I, I don't know if we, you see, you know, we're pretty confident we won't, won't be able to trade away number one, right? But if we did, if we did, that would open up some really interesting possibilities to draft a receiver may perhaps earlier than we think, um, or to have, depending if the Lions or someone else takes up the deal to have basically back-to-back second round picks which would which would I, I mean would hope would would almost secure our shot at a receiver right yeah you would think so I mean I feel like there's some pretty pretty good receivers in the draft I know the draft is lacking at some other positions especially you know at the quarterback position but I feel like there's some pretty good receivers and some good receivers that could go a little bit later in the draft like for example I think Chris Olave who was Ohio State's best receiver for many years until Garrett Wilson came in and the Garrett Wilson was the best and now they have another guy Jackson Smith and Jigba who's going to be top 10 when he comes out i mean those guys are a wide receiver factory i think olave could drop too you never know there's this debate around focusing on offense versus focusing on defense i know it's not that clear cut i know you know it's hard to kind of gauge how you how your priorities were in the draft if you if your first player you draft is a defensive you know superstar and then the second and third are offensive and then the fourth is defensive it's it's a little tough to analyze there but you know doug peterson is a former quarterback He's known as a as an offensive-minded coach. Um, I'm wondering if we go with someone like Aiden Hutchinson automatically kind of to cover our asses on defense, right? Because the other argument out there is that, oh, no, 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 Peterson's an offensive-minded coach. Trevor Lawrence is the most valuable piece on this team at quarterback, and we need to do everything to, to serve Trevor, to set him up for success, to protect him. So, therefore, we'll go with a lineman with the first pick of the draft. But I'm like, wait a second. If he's offensive-minded... We need to get some defensive picks to actually save our ass. Yeah. But, I mean, come on, Bentley. We don't even know what this team is actually good at. What were they good at last year? Not much. They were one week there, you were, you know, they looked okay on offense and they looked like crap on defense. The next week, and when they actually won their big games, the defense stood tall. I mean, they, they picked up guys in free agency and they're hoping those guys, you know, can cover their ass a little bit themselves you know what i'm saying darius williams i think he was a good pickup at cornerback i i really liked him he had a kind of a rough year with the rams last year but the year before that he was really good but yes we did lose some key pieces i can't even think of them off top because i'm not even in football but i know we lost miles jack which yep. uh def- definitely hurt to answer your question we need to surround trevor with greatness because if he wants to be great you got to put pieces around him no one 
you know, when they say, oh, a good quarterback, a great quarterback can just work with anyone and make them look good. Yeah, well, not when they're young, man. Maybe when you're Tom Brady, you can do that. But not when you're young. You got to put the pieces around Trevor. We know we'll be without James Robinson. Got to get this guy playmakers because without him, he's going to be just what he was last year. I don't care who the coach is. This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, well, then let's shift focus then to the receiving room. We've got this the weirdest thing I've ever seen, man. We, we keep receivers on the Jaguars. is just like every year it's a new story. We got hype over a young receiver every single year. Seems like that receiver... Let's us down, and someone else surfaces behind them, right? Like a younger receiver, or whatever. Same shit happens again. We sign a veteran. Uh, we've had a lot of, a lot of duds, right? We've had a lot of sitting ducks at like our number one or number two receiver, especially bringing people in. Marvin Jones is still around. I don't see anything wrong with Marvin Jones. We added another Jones, Zay Jones, uh, as kind of like a maybe number three. We've got Christian Kirk, as you mentioned, who we. The consensus is we've have, we have generously paid, if not <laughs> overpaid, to to be a number one, and he that's not even really been his role. So what the f- is going on with our receiving room? You know that's a good question, and I wish I had the answers for you. I wish I could go right up to Shad, right up to Trent, right up to Doug, and be like, what, what is going on here? Because you're totally correct. Christian Kirk's never been a number one. Not only that, he's never been a number two. Not only that, he's barely been a number three, Bentley. This guy plays in the slot. He's been like a third or fourth option for most of his career, but we know he's explosive and we know that when if he gets a chance to play, he can definitely be a difference maker. But I don't know if this guy's a... I mean, I do know. I do know this guy's not a true number one. I will tell you that. He's not a true number one. I hope he proves me wrong, but he's not. You know, all season we said we want some... Sp- speed Pete Prisco would say we need some speed some explosiveness okay well we got that we didn't have to pay that much for him man we got other teams yelling at us because we reset the wide receiver market and now every receiver wants to get paid a boatload of money like Christian Kirk did I don't know what to think of it man I hope Christian Kirk pans out and then Zay Jones even like Zay Jones man he hasn't done much either he's played for Buffalo and Oakland and I heard he's a good cat though you know a good person but that doesn't matter when it comes to winning and losing games so I don't know what we're going to do. Marvin Jones is going to be good to have him around. Agnew, yeah. But it feels like our wide receiver room, it feels like we didn't solve that problem quite yet. Was, first of all, it's amazing. You just said good cat. That was like the most 90s thing. <laughs> probably 70s, like theoretically, I've ever heard of you. And you weren't even like cognizant in the 90s. So good shit, man. Good shit, good shit. Uh, or good, good. <laughs> I heard he's a good dog. That would be like the 2000s <laughs> version. 
<laughs> he's a dog. Uh, there was some. He's a dog. There was some. Oh my god. There was some like article about the Jaguars in the two thousands and about how they were like fucking something up and how <laughs> and how like it's important to note that dog had replaced cat as like the the synonym of cool (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny so at receiver i mean i know you're like a receiver fan right and it's an exciting position generally speaking is this still marvin's room so to put it to have a drake reference there wow did you did you write that one down i gotta ask you that (laughs) i've had all off season to to come up with these oh man if you're asking me, I think Marvin Jones is still the best receiver on that roster right now. I don't think I think Christian Kirk obviously has the most potential. I mean, Laviska, I I don't believe in him much anymore. I mean, I hope he does improve, but I I don't know. I don't know about him. But yes, I think Marvin Jones is still the best receiver, and he's a veteran, so you know what you'll get. And I think that's you know that's always a good thing, especially with Doug Peterson. He knows he's going to get consistency from Marvin Jones. And we don't know what Christian Kirk will do, especially with a much bigger role than he's used to. And and then this prospect of drafting a, a rookie receiver and likely the second round at pick number 33 is also fascinating, right? Because, you know, how much does that rookie come in and get factored into the starting lineup, number one? Uh, do they do they need to sit behind people and sort of learn for a bit? I mean, I, I would imagine we'd be looking for someone with immediate impact. We'd want to get this new receiver on the same page with Trevor ASAP. Um, we've got, and you kind of mentioned, you know, we've got LaVisca. We have, we have Jamal Agnew. We've got Laquan Treadwell. All of those have some kind of like <laughs> asterisk or, or, you know, question mark associated with them. So you know, does the rookie kind of get relegated to, to their level until he proves himself? Or do you think that we would go in with the attitude that, Hey, let's, Let's get this guy some reps and 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 give him the sort of the trust to start building around whoever we bring in. Yeah, there's a very easy answer to this question, Bentley, and the answer is yes. Yes, that receiver that we draft in the first, second, third round, he will be playing immediately because we're not going to play this game. Laquan Treadwell's, Treadwell has been in the league for too many damn years. He hasn't proved much. So, no, he's going to go down. And we've seen these young receivers come in and make an impact. We saw Devontae Smith last year. Let's talk about the Super Bowl, the AFC champions. I mean, they drafted T. Higgins, immediate impact. Jamar Chase, I mean, more than an impact, right? He became a star. And I would say T. Higgins, honestly, is becoming a star himself. You know, Trevor Lawrence is T. Higgins from college. These guys come in, especially at the receiver position. It's way different than, you know, say a quarterback or, you know, a a cornerback because those guys sometimes will sit a year or, you know, learn. But no, receivers come in and they are ready to play and you got to play them and see what they have. And I think that's exactly what will happen. All right, man. It has been awesome catching up with you today. Uh, Can't wait to follow the draft this weekend. And again, if you're listening and the draft has already happened, (laughs) just uh, we'd be happy to hear hear your thoughts, you know. And I think some of these questions, no matter what we do over the weekend, are are still going to be on our minds throughout the rest of the offseason leading into training camp and preseason. Not not too far away. You can kind of... And you start to feel it. Start to feel it. We get the first game too. We forgot to mention that. Oh yeah, Hall of Fame game, baby, with our Hall of Famer. <laughs> I kind of miss football now after talking with you. Well, it's been it's been a pleasure. I said, and thank you everyone for joining us on this episode of the Drunken Jaguar. This is an SB Nation and Big Cat Country podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Junkin Jaguar. 
Uh, we'll be back with more after the draft and go Jags. I uh, wait to bring back the let's go JJs. Oh, let's go JJs. <laughs> excited to pick first this is bullshit <laughs> what the fuck? two years in a row the f-ing lions are just biting at the chomps man they're like waiting for us to f- up and draft f-ing thibodeau or something i mean who knows what if thibodeau ends up being really good and we get hutchinson then people are gonna have another reason to shit on us <laughs>